Hi everyone, I'm Ed Garston and welcome to this week's edition of Tales from the Beat. I'm pretty pumped about this one because this week we're speaking with a longtime pro who, like me, has lived on both sides of the line as both a reporter and a PR guy. He's Brent Snavely, formerly of the Detroit Free Press and Crane's Business and currently Vice President of Media Relations at Franco PR in Detroit. Now, full disclosure, I've been an integrated media consultant with Franco for about four and a half years. Well, Brent, it's great to uh, have you. Thanks for taking the time out. Why don't we just start with you have had a, uh, a long, varied career that, that goes back, uh, I don't want to say too many decades, <laughs> you? but uh, you've had a pretty, a pretty complete career. So why don't you just fill us in on how it all started and where it's, where it's been. Sure. Thanks, Ed. And, and thanks for having me on the program. You I'm bet. looking forward to the conversation. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess I will start back back in the beginning, and um, I really kind of fell into journalism. I I found myself having graduated from college uh, and turned down an offer to a law school, and uh, did that not knowing really what I was going to do with my life. Picked up the newspaper one morning in Springfield, Ohio, where I had gone to college, read a story on the front page of of the Springfield News Sun, and I didn't think it was very good. And uh, I, I, kind of, I, I love politics. I was always a news junkie. Um, I enjoy writing. And, uh, and I just kind of looked at that. The light bulb went off, and this was before the Internet, before social media. And yeah. I figured there's a newspaper in every town and city in America, yeah. so there's got to be jobs out there. It's in news, and it's writing, and so I'll pursue that. Um, so I'll skip over a few things, but then I, you know, I found myself really starting at the bottom at a chain of community weekly newspapers in the Columbus, Ohio area. Yeah. I cut my teeth going to school board meetings, township trustee meetings, <laughs> in there. Yeah. City, city council meetings. And you know what? That stuff is boring as paint when you're um, reading about it, perhaps. But when you're in the room and you see the dynamics playing out, and uh, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And I learned a lot about government and education, et cetera. A few years later, landed a job as the business reporter, the only business reporter at the Newark Advocate in, Colum in Newark, Ohio. Yeah. Kind of like the Macomb Daily, if you will, of the Detroit metro area. And I covered everything. I covered banking. I covered healthcare in the local hospital. And I covered retail developments and, and on and on. And, and manufacturing, strong manufacturing town. It, we had a great team. There... I really was working with some talented young reporters and a fantastic editor who knew how to recruit great people. Yeah. Um, and that prepared me to come to Detroit. 1999, mm -hmm. I moved to Detroit, joined the, the, the uh, Cranes Detroit business as a business reporter. Yeah. Uh, after a couple years, uh, uh, I volunteered for the automotive beat. And, and that's <clears throat> so about 2005 or so began covering multi-billion dollar publicly traded suppliers before the recession as private equity firms were scooping them up and many were going bankrupt, many were going out of business, um, and that was a wild time. Joined the Detroit Free Press in 2008 yeah. as a member of their automotive team mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, and loved that. And then in 2017, age 49, um, you know, Reevaluated things, and for a variety of reasons that we can get into, I made the switch to public relations. I joined 
joined a midsize, um, you know, public relations firm um, in in Michigan and was there for four years, and then recently switched and joined Franco, um, which is based here in Detroit. We work out of the Renaissance Center, uh, uh, and I'm vice president of the media relations here, helping helping the team and helping many clients uh, across the firm. Yeah! Wow, that's it's quite a. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's funny when you were when you were talking about some of the uh, the early stories that you did about learning. I'm thinking back. You know how we've all uh, we've all been in that boat that started in the news. I uh, uh, I started the news out in Tucson, Arizona, and I was uh, getting my journalism masters out there after spinning records for a few years, and they they assigned me to. Uh, do a, a full package on the arrival of a new squirrel at the desert zoo. <laughs> and, you know, you gave it your all, right? Uh, that right. was it. Live shots, live shots during the planning and zoning commission meeting, which, you know, wouldn't even wake up Rip Van Winkle. I mean, those, those, were, those were tough stories. But that, you're right, right. That's how you learn. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. how you learn. So, uh, so, so where did you, because I went through the same thing, where did you get to the point where you said, you know that that's enough of news. I, I I need to make this jump to what everyone would joke is the dark side. Yeah, right, right. Um, you know, sometime around 2015 to 2017. Uh, I mean, the big picture, first of all, as you know, the journalism industry is struggling, has been for many years. You're seeing, you're not really seeing growth. You're seeing downsizing at the free press. Um, uh, you know. I, I saw rounds of buyouts. Um, I, I saw years of, of you know people not getting raises uh, unless they were switching jobs or getting promoted or something. Um, you know, so it's tough. And then I was trying to figure out where to go, where to go next, where to go next in journalism. And I, and frankly, it didn't look better at almost any publication or media outlet. And then simultaneously. I've, I've sort of fallen into opportunities a lot in my career. Simultaneously, there was simply an opening at, at Lambert, um, which was the first firm I joined. And at the time, there were people at Lambert in the Detroit office that I had known for many years uh, on the public relations side that I respected. I'll name them. Brad Warner was was at Lambert at the time. Um, and, and Bill Nowling former spokesman for Kevin Orr when, when Detroit was going through bankruptcy. Bill Nowling was at Lambert at the time. And, you know, I, I started off not being sure if I wanted to make that change and make that switch, but had a lot of discussions yeah. with them, with the firm, and, and kind of made the decision that if I'm going to make do this and if I'm going to make a career change, you know, it was a good time to do it with a good firm and with, with really good mentors and... Um, that was really the key, and that and that and that paid off. Yeah. So you know, it's funny. So we work as, as reported. We work with PR agencies and corporate PR people all the time. That's how we, we get a lot of stories. And you have a vision of what it's like beyond those walls. Yeah. What What was surprising to you once you were behind that wall? Absolutely. As a journalist. Um, Having interacted all the time with public relations professionals, I thought I knew a lot about the public relations side. It turns out that it is way more multifaceted, requires potentially and needs way more, a wider range of skills than I appreciated. 
Uh, and not that that's a bad thing, but you know, just simply social media skills, you know, managing Google ads and ad marketing to a little to some degree, yeah. the 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 planning, the project management, you know, all of these things were things that I did not appreciate how involved public relations professionals get because, and I didn't realize how little sometimes some public relations professionals how little of their time they sometimes spend interacting with yeah. actual media right. and actual yeah. press releases and writing yeah, and yeah. editing. Yeah. Um, that is part, absolutely, of being a public relations professional. Sure. But I thought it was 85% of it. And for some people, it's only 25 to 30% of it. Did it shock you? This I found it's because I went to a corporate setting, an automaker. Yeah. How many... Folks there did not have any conception of what the process of deciding on a st- the whole news process. They had no idea what the process. How do you decide you're going to do a story, and then yeah. what happens afterwards? Uh, yeah, absolutely, there are you know, and I found myself. This had to. I, I enjoy mentoring yeah. younger um, people, whether it's younger journalists or public relations professionals. So. But I had to figure out over time what they didn't know and, and how, to, how to mentor them sometimes. Many of them have no clue, no concept of how a newsroom operates, of, what, you know, of who a reporter reports to, of how reporters make story decisions and how editors make story decisions. Uh, so, yeah, I, I find myself um, helping a lot on the inside, both clients and, you know, and the younger members of the team understand that news process and how it works. Were they receptive to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, in most cases, you, you, sometimes you have yeah. the, 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 the outliers. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah. For, for the most part, um, the, the, you know, what I have found is that the insight and the knowledge that I can provide uh, is quickly and deeply appreciated and embraced by almost everybody, you know, here at Franco and at, at my prior firm. How much different to, this is another shock to me, was just the, the total difference in culture between a, you know, a news setting and anywhere else, right? There's nothing like a news setting. And uh, I mean, I once uh, I went to just walk over to some guy's desk and ask him a question, and he turned around and said, oh, did we have a meeting on the schedule? I said, no, I'm a, I'm a person. I want to ask you a question. <laughs> Oh, Ed, I, <laughs> I, I once, you know, early in my time in my first firm, I, I tend to like walk out of my office. First of all, having an office. Yeah. I never had an office in my life until I joined a public relations firm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I, I tend to walk out of my office and walk around the newsroom, now the, mm-hmm. now, the, now the agency office, and talk to people and ask them how things are going and what's, what's happening and and check in with certain associates uh, on where things stand. I got admonished by another person at, at my level for interrupting an associate too often, um, you know, who was, you know, because, because they, she was this woman's supervisor, wanted her to be focused and working between meetings <laughs> rather than me, you know, impromptu interrupting her and 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 asking questions it was business and client questions about yeah. status of 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 work but mm-hmm. 
but apparently, yeah, you gotta um, <laughs> you gotta put time on the schedule to t- have a discussion oh, yeah. about whatever. And I just was I just was not used not used to that. So yeah, no, and and I know I <laughs> by the same token, you're used to being a reporter, right? You you need to get information and you need it now. Yeah. And I'd send an email and ask a question, and hours would go by and I didn't get anything. So I'd send a follow up. I didn't get anything. Send a follow up. Finally, my boss came to me and said. I've got a complaint about you. This person said you're hounding them. <laughs> I said, I just want an answer to my question. She right. says, you have to stop being a reporter when you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I think it's just common courtesy, honestly. But and some of that, yeah. and I also think um, speed. You know, we're used to, as journalists, we were, you, you know, what's, what's the deadline? When do you need this? Well, mm. in most cases, as a journalist, now. Yeah. Uh, or, or actually, I needed it two hours ago before I even knew I needed it. Right. Um, so I, I have an instinct where if I want an answer or need an answer or want to know what the status is, you know, I'm friendly about it, but, but I have this instinct of like going out and asking the question now, yeah, right. um, uh, rather than waiting for tomorrow's meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I've learned, I've moderated, mm-hmm. uh, and adjusted. There are times of course, when you need the answer now and people understand that. So. Right, right. So, all right, so let's flip it around now. Uh, once you got to the PR side, what did you learn about journalists that you didn't know? Yeah, you know, huge revelation. And I will defend, and I'm out there sometimes publicly on Twitter. I have found it uh, a little bit freeing. I defend journalists and the integrity of journalists often because it's hard for them to stand up for themselves. That's a different conversation sure. um, and, and a bigger picture question than what you asked. But um, but by God, uh, what I have realized and figured out the hard way is that, you know, that, that the gulf between good journalists and average or bad journalists is a lot wider than I, than I realized, even sitting in newsrooms for year after year. Oh, yeah. And the learning is that the good journalists are actually really, really good, mm-hmm. and that sure. often the bad or average journalists are really really lazy and bad yes. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> horrifying and and there's yeah, some right. in between yeah. you know of course but that range is not a short window it's a broad range and mm-hmm. um so forgive me for the storytelling but you know two oh. quick examples i short very soon after i made the switch into public relations i landed an opportunity for a client for a very nuanced big deep in-depth story about collaborative robots mm-hmm and their growing role in manufacturing plants. And I got a reporter interested um, who, who, to, to do the story, and, and I knew that, he, that this reporter, based on knowing him for many years, would do it right, would do it in a smart way. Um, but my God, it, 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 and he, he um, asked for and demanded more information upfront about where the plant was, who he would be interviewing, mm-hmm. what information he would get out of the interviews um, than, than I used to ask for yeah. when I was a similar reporter. Okay. And, you know, then I took him for a plant tour. He asked everything he said he was going to ask. He got yeah. all the information that we had promised. Yes. And it was, um, it was a page one Sunday story mm-hmm. in the Detroit Free Press, and this was written by Matt Dolan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and it turned out spectacular, you know, right. largest newspaper in the state of Michigan, right. my former employer. Sure. Page one. It wasn't only about our client. Mm-hmm. It was a trend story, but it began with the visit 
to our client's oh, plant. Yeah. And so the revelation there was, um, I, you know, I actually sat next to Matt for, you know, for a year, year and a half. Yeah. I respected him. Yeah. He was doing things above and beyond I even realized having sat next to him. Wow. Then the flip side of that coin, um, representing a client in West Michigan with some crisis communications issues related to the environment, uh, I was dealing with a young reporter at a TV station who repeatedly was making errors. Mm. And, um, you know, I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to establish a relationship yes. and an open form of communication. I tried to set up a coffee with her. No news to give her. I just wanted yeah. to have a relationship. Sure. She demanded that that meeting be on the record and recorded. <laughs> oh, my and God. I bailed on I bailed on that. Uh, I don't blame you. Two weeks later, she did a story with a headline that had a factual error in it, a lead with a factual error uh, in it, and a second paragraph with geez. a factual error. Oh, my God. Of course, I complained. Yeah. They took the story down. Uh, I complained to her supervisor. Mm -hmm. And two weeks later, we had that background copy. Oh, did you? <laughs> and, had, and established a relationship and the accuracy of her reporting improved. But, yeah, I mean, two yeah. long stories, but... Long, no, way, long way perfect. of saying of, um, you know, again, there are great journalists out there, and they do great work. Yeah. But some of them are very young, very green, and don't know what they're doing. No, it's, it's true. And I, I was, my eyes were opened quite a bit, too. Um, I had the case of a TV reporter who went on the air and said they had an exclusive about some product that we were going to build. It was wrong. Mm. It was wrong. So I told the reporter, you're wrong. And he says, really? I have impeccable sources that confirm what I just reported. I said, with all non-respect to you, you're talking to the auto company right now, and I'm telling you you're wrong, and you need to correct it. He refused. Wow. Not only did he refuse, and he refused to retract the wrong information, his station did too. They said, because we trust our, we stand by our reporter. We stand by our reporting. I said, that's not reporting, that's fiction. You go to the library if you want fiction. If you want news, news is the truth. You didn't tell the truth. You need to take it back. And they would not do it. And I was just... I don't, I don't say I was blown away. I'm not naive. I've been around long enough, but I, I couldn't believe somebody would not correct something that was wrong. It, it, it's stunning. And I came yeah. from a culture, especially instilled in me at Crane's Detroit Business, mm -hmm. of, of, hey, you know, if you have a factual error yeah. that, that is incorrect, you know, you, you fix it. You change yeah. it. You change it. And you publish. Yes. Old, old school. You publish a correction. Yes. These, these days, more likely... You know, it's a note at the top of the online story that says this story has been updated. Right. But I have experienced the same thing with um, with reporters um, at, at at publications that make errors and factual mistakes, mm -hmm. and you and and you point it out to them, and maybe they fix the story, but they don't put the correction note at the top of that story, and if they refuse. Who do you go to? And that's a whole. That's another whole big yeah, discussion yeah. of in today's era of journalism. You know, a lot of the job cuts have come in the middle, the middle level management. Yeah. So these, a lot of the times, these a lot of times reporters don't 
there's 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 less accountability than in the past. And that's what I was going to say just before we before we wrap up is that how much things have changed in terms of the internet. Um, there's no news cycle anymore, and the the margin for error where there was news cycles to it's just not doesn't seem to be there anymore. Where it's speed over accuracy, where it was always yeah. the other way around, uh, and and they're under a lot of pressure to Absolutely. post this stuff. And to bring it to the PR side quickly on that uh, is, you know, that's something that we have to continue to reinforce with many, many clients is how fast the news cycle is, how much reporters are trying to, 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 to do and to get and to help clients understand that that need for speed and how fast the news cycle moves. Yeah. So finally, uh, then, okay, we've, we've looked at both sides sort of, of, of the scrimmage line. We've been sort of double agents in, the, in this business. And uh, I really, personally, I think people should do that. I think it helps, it helps both jobs. So how did, how did being a reporter now help you uh, succeed in your second career in the, in the PR world? Yeah, um, absolutely. That my... my Time and experience as a journalist has has truly and really informed and helped what I do and can do as a public relations professional in a variety of aspects. You know, first off, obviously, I I know how, in most cases, how journalists think. Uh, I know how I understand. I know how to anticipate many of the questions that they will likely ask um, and what and, and why they see things as stories. I can help clients understand uh, in client discussions, you know what what is truly news and what is not news, and have the confidence, you know, to to tell them and explain to them why something that they might be very proud of and rightfully proud of mm-hmm. is not news, and then to take it to a deeper and and often harder level on the crisis communications side when companies don't want to talk um, and are reluctant to talk, you know, we as PR professionals often get the question of, you know, why should we talk to this guy? Or why should we even respond? Why should we answer these questions even in a, in a statement? Um, You know, this guy's biased. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. The Mm -hmm. questions are off base. Why should we even dignify a response? And of course our job as public relations professionals is to explain why, you know, no comment often looks terrible. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, you do want to respond in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And we can counsel. And, and I am in a good position, better position, I think, yeah. than many, having been a journalist, to be able to provide that counsel to clients sure. of why we need to respond and how perhaps to respond. And that's, you know, that's a perspective they could never get anywhere else and appreciate it. And I find that it, it also created an empathy that, that you could never have. And I know now that I, I flip back to the journalism side, um, I find that I'm much more patient with PR people and much more instructive and they appreciate it. And they'll take, they go, wow, a reporter never took that time with me before. And I'll tell them, I'll actually tell them. But you know, I'm semi-retired. I have time. I'm not. I'm not on a on a t- hot deadline, really. But tell them how what where their pitch fell short, mm-hmm. and what you could have done to win me over. Right. And uh, you know, you get to be a certain age, like you say, you, you like to mentor people and help people. And uh, I'd like to help them 
help them be better in their career. I want them to succeed too. I, you know, people were nice to me and helpful to me, and uh, why not pay it back? You know, I, we might be close to being out of time. One thing I want to double back on and, and yeah. shed light on and emphasize is as much as my experience can help me help clients and inform yeah. inform others, I have also learned a tremendous amount yeah. uh, as I evolved into a public relations professional. I had to realize when I walked into my first firm that I might know and understand media and how to write. I don't even know how to put out a press release. <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how to format an Excel chart. Yeah. I don't know how to format PowerPoint right. PowerPoints. And yeah. and and often, you know, a, a twenty, you know, a PR professional two years out of college yeah. has has skills and knowledge that I can learn from, and I have to recognize that, and I have learned from them. So yeah, well, you know what, the folks here at Franco are learning from you. And uh, doing a great job. Uh, that was a genius move for them to hire you, uh, filling a space really that that really needed to be filled. And I know everyone uh, appreciates what you bring to the table. And sure, Brett. Thank you so much. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks so much for taking the time here. And uh, I know our listeners will really appreciate your stories and your perspective. And it's always great talking to you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot. Brett Snavely, Vice President, Media Relations at Franco PR in Detroit, Michigan. All right. Thanks. You bet. Such great insight and anecdotes from Brent. And I've got to tell you, as a reporter, I'm glad I don't have to compete with him anymore. And as a PR consultant, I'm thrilled to be on his team. That's this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word and subscribe. I'll be back next week with more tales from the beat. I'm Ed Garston. Take care.